0: Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter-tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check them out on social media and remember, they roast, you just brew. Check out their new online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today.
1: For those about to rock, we salute you. For those about to murder, fuck off. This is the story of Richard Ramirez, the famed night stalker who wreaked hell in Southern California in the mid 80s. Richard was a Satanist who believed he was doing the devil's work. He would randomly pick his victims, use one of many different weapons to beat and kill them, and in some cases would rape them. He's truly the most sadistic killer we've covered yet. Buckle up. I'm Mike.
0: I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If listening to Creed has ever made you want to kill someone, stick around, wait till you hear what listening to ACDC did to Richard Ramirez. This is Necronomapod.
2: At first, Los Angeles police thought that the murder of a young woman last March was an isolated act of violence, but since then they've come to believe it was connected to a wide-ranging series of assaults by a killer who's become known as the Night Stalker. A killer who apparently struck again during the weekend.
1: We have a report from Nadine Boucher.
0: Police today
1: continue to search for any clues in the near-fatal shooting of 29-year-old William Carnes and the rape of his girlfriend. They're apparently the latest victims of the Night Stalker, thought to be responsible now for 34 brutal attacks, 14 of them fatal. These serial killings, once confined to the near Los Angeles area, are now spread over 500 miles from San Francisco to Orange County. All right, so right off the top, I'll say it now, get it out of the way, there will be no ACDC bashing throughout <laughs> this entire episode, or I will have to opt out of my contract with Necronomapod and rethink uh, my my future with this show. One of the most overrated bands in the history of music. Not even a little bit, not even somewhat. I, I don't
2: like them at all.
1: So. They are literally one of the top five <laughs> selling bands of all time, of all time, in the history
0: of the world. So is Britney Spears, probably. She can't sing
2: Probably. The lick. You said She's,
1: they're a
0: top five.
1: So I, I, I believe so. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I didn't do my research. So mm. but no.
0: that might be true.
1: It is absolutely true. So there will be no ACDC bashing. We'll we'll talk about this piece of shit of a guy and we'll just we'll be happy. We spent, mm-hmm. what, a good half hour on it last night? Last night was pretty intense. Well, at least AC/DC. I was intense. Yeah. I don't remember what you guys were like. I remember, I think, calling Dave out for being a Pink Floyd fan <coughs> and hating on AC/DC. Well, I, was I-, so-
2: I was sober just watching the whole thing. I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched. And I
1: think you, at one point you said, get out of your systems now because <laughs> yeah. we're not doing this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, I got it out of my system. It's out. And, uh, boy, do we have a fun one today.
2: Yeah. Let's get into Richard Ramirez. He was born Ricardo Leva Munoz, but went by Richard Ramirez and his family called him Richie. Um, He's one of the most well-known serial killers. Um, Along with being a serial killer, he was a serial rapist, burglar, loved to steal, and he went on a crime spree that went from 1984 to 1985 through the Los Angeles area to San Francisco.
0: Wait, so if his name was Munoz, where did Ramirez come from?
2: I have no idea.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, okay, so I found
1: it here. His actual name was Ricardo Leva Munoz
2: Ramirez. That's so two middle names. Richie Ramirez. Little Richie, I like to call him. <laughs> the media gave him many nicknames during his run. They ranged from the screen door intruder. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> Literally the best one. <laughs>
1: The screen, why door that intruder. didn't stick, I don't know. Can that please be a necronomapod shirt? Screen door intruder, <laughs> and it can literally be like like a like a screen door opening, and then it's like our three heads, like the three stooges, like all on top of each other. Well, that's it's not, like, that's peaking, not bad. Like, Peeking around the corner. Do you know what, I'm talking? Do you know what yes? I'm talking about? Yeah,
0: like you know, like yes. that would be a great shirt. Do, do you think he, when they gave him that name initially, like he stopped breaking into houses that had screen doors? He's like. The fucking biz. You can give me a better Voided name than that. Door
2: right? I picture somebody walking into a newsroom, like to their boss, where like, oh, I got the nickname "screen door <laughs> intruder," and just like looking at him. Wah, like, wah. <laughs> I always,
1: I think of those people too—the ones that you see them running and they like trip or run through a screen door and like fall. There's some screen
2: door intruders as well. Um, he. They also had the walk-in killer, which isn't isn't much better.
1: <laughs> like it's like a walk-in closet <laughs> yeah. killer.
2: Um, the Valley Intruder, and he wanted to be called the Night Prowler after the ACDC song, but then they finally landed on the Night Stalker.
1: I mean, if I'm a serial killer, I think Night Stalker sounds better. Yeah. yeah. He just
0: loved ACDC. He liked ac ACDC. Yeah,
1: Night Prowler is a song. fantastic song, by the way. Last song on the Highway to Hell album. Huh. Nice.
2: I've never heard it,
0: so... <laughs> well, I'll play it for you <laughs> in a minute. What Could we just use it in the podcast and hope... ACDC doesn't send us a season and desist letter. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if
1: it's relevant, and I don't know if we want to tie them more into this guy than we need to, but I recommend anyone who likes ACDC go listen to Night Prowler. I believe it's track 10 on the Highway to Hell album. Maybe track 12. I don't know how many songs are on it. There you go. All
2: right. Um, he was a self-claimed Satanist who truly believed that he was a demon doing Satan's work. And I would agree with that. Yeah. The way he acted. Yeah, and I just how brutal his crimes were mixed with him switching up what the weapons he switched up and the fact that he didn't have a specific type of person, specific age, anything like that. That was the scariest thing about yeah. him yeah. is how the random he yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, him. I really... I, he was more the random than Richard Chase was, yeah. and he
1: was pretty random,
2: too. But he was... This guy, I mean, of sound mind you know right. he's not like a right. scatterbrain. he's an evil human being right he didn't
0: care how he did it who it was he right. just wanted to fuck people up yeah
2: he's a very scary person and also Annalise just said there's only one demon on this show
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like Richard would have been a better demon than any of the ones that she had <laughs> yeah, possessed. exactly her.
1: well she didn't make him up guys she couldn't help who possessed her oh
0: that's right only
1: German demons for her well, they were
2: okay. They were local. <laughs> you heard the tapes. That was not a little girl talking. So let's let's get into to Richard's life. He was born in El Paso, Texas, on February 29th, nineteen sixty, to Julian and Mercedes Ramirez, and he was the youngest of five siblings. Born on leap day, uh, leap year. Or oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't even notice that. Um, Did I say that right? Leap day, leap year. Leap year. Leap year. Leap year. Uh, Leap day. His father, Julian, was a former Juarez policeman who later became a worker at the Santa Fe Railroad. Um, His father was known to have an extremely bad temper and would physically abuse his wife and the kids. So we're not starting out good. No. At 12 years old, Richard became really close with his cousin, Miguel Ramirez, who went by the name Mike. Mike. Mike was a highly decorated U.S. Army Green Beret during the Vietnam War who introduced Richard to smoking weed and would share um, just brutal war crime stories with Richard. Um, He would tell Richard stories of how he had raped women and would show him Polaroid pictures of the women he raped. And in one of the pictures, he had decapitated the woman's head and was holding her head up. Smiling to pose with it, sheesh. And he's showing this to a 12 year old kid. This is Richard Ramirez, yeah. 12 years old at this point. And Richard's looking up to him. you know. This oh, is, yeah, of course. I you know,
0: wonder if that was common.
2: I don't know. That kind of
0: stuff in Vietnam. I, th- I believe it was. Uh, yeah, but what, unfortunately, you on, both so, sides. on both sides, I believe it yeah, was. I mean, um, well, bringing I, back souvenirs I, like that, I mean
1: common i don't i mean i don't want to use the word common but i feel like that probably happened and then i'm i'm also wondering how much of like ptsd was affecting this guy that this was his way of dealing with it was to like show off and relive the story well and then whatever else fucking mike gets into here
2: mike also taught richard his green beret skills mainly how to kill with being undetected like with stealth and around this time, Richard also started to spend nights in a local cemetery to get away from the abuse from his father. When and your so. kid
1: rather sleep in a cemetery <laughs> than in a house with you, you've failed as a parent. Yeah, and I
2: won a
0: Parent of the Year award.
1: <laughs> I was terrified of cemeteries up until like I was an adult. Like, hmm. I'm just they're they're creepy. I mean, they're not fun places. No,
0: hmm. peaceful. I like the cemetery.
1: But as a kid, you liked the cemetery.
0: Well, no. yeah. What's going to harm you?
1: Well, people think you're the devil, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very nice thing to say. I'm <laughs> hurting on the inside.
2: <laughs> on May fourth, nineteen seventy-three, Richard was spending time with his cousin Mike and Mike's wife Jesse Ramirez. Um, after an argument that turned physical, Mike shot Jesse in the face with a thirty-eight caliber revolver, killing her in front of Richard.
0: Oh, so that'll fuck up a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, right? yeah, that's. Probably brain splattered all over his face.
2: After seeing her her get murdered, um, it was reported later on that Richard became withdrawn from his family and his peers. And later that year, he moved in with his sister Ruth and her husband Roberto. Roberto was an obsessive peeping Tom who would would take richard with him all the time to go looking in people's windows <laughs> like the, this guy's this, got role models up the ass
1: i mean i hate to say it this way because we know how he turns out but he can't catch a break as a kid everybody he turns to or looks to they're fucked up human beings and
0: yeah. we always have the nature nurture argument about these guys Right? There's, there's a lot of uh
2: a lot of nurturing in the wrong yeah. way going on here well, this is like serial killer 101. Yeah. His cousin sure. Mike's teaching him how to kill with stealth, then his uncle Roberto's teaching him how to go look in people's windows without getting caught. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You I'm were sure. li- you were literally building a screen door intruder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah? Um and while he was living with his sister, he started to get into LSD. Oh, well, that probably <laughs> And then he started um he also started to get into the satanist stuff at 13.
1: This was, he was
2: 13. Yeah. Dave, at what age did you turn to Satan?
0: About 14, I okay. Think, yeah.
2: A little more matured. Yeah,
0: I knew what I was doing.
2: Yeah. Um, his cousin Mike was found not guilty of Jesse's murder on the reason of insanity, and it stemmed from PTSD, was what they said yeah. it was from.
1: Yeah. It, I, that's not surprising. I mean, yeah. it's sad to say, but I think a, a lot of people coming back from Vietnam had those issues.
2: Right. Um, he spent four years in the Texas State Mental Hospital, and but when he was released in '77, he and Richard picked up where they left off, hanging out. And
0: jeez, four years! I was
2: like, "Hey, you remember when you shot your wife in front of me? <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Let's go get a beer." <laughs> jeez. Richard started to, I mean, and with all this violence and stuff going on, he started, and you're getting into like puberty age, you know, with sex. So he started mixing it all started mixing together for him, right? And he started to fantasize about rape. Well,
0: Uncle Mikey uh, told him how fun it was. Yeah,
2: that's true too. Yeah, he was bragging up rape stuff to him. So, when he was still in school, he started a job at um, a local Holiday Inn where he used his like the universal master key to rob guests that were staying. Like he would just break in the rooms. He was immediately fired from this job when a hotel guest. Got back to his room and found Richard trying to rape his wife. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> it uh, that's supposed to shit where you work, Ricky? <laughs> <laughs> this guy beat the sh- living shit out of him. Good, but the uh, the charges were dropped because the couple lived out of state and they didn't they didn't want to come drive back or fly back to. So it's kind California. of like their own decision. Like, yeah, you know,
0: maybe could have taken care of this guy right there, nipped it in the bud. Yeah.
1: Maybe the guy thought he beat the shit out of him enough that he would never do it. He felt justice was served in his mind. I mean, I I don't think I'd feel that way, but no. But I, I mean, I, I don't know. If you can't afford to come back, you know, for the trial, and you know, if you got to assume it's going to go court, you know, it gets uh, continued so much. that If they can't afford that or take time off work, I guess.
2: Yeah, because I mean, who knows? If, who knows if they where they lived? Either you know, if they lived on the whole other side of the country, sure. right? They probably lived in fucking Florida, no worst state in the continent.
1: <laughs> I did say on the continent, and I meant that on the continent, it's the worst state, not just the country,
0: the whole continent,
1: <laughs> the whole continent is the worst. Probably in the whole world, Florida's the worst. Uh, We're gonna uh, continue okay. this discussion on Florida. <laughs> it's the worst.
0: Have you ever been to Mississippi? Because
1: I have not been, my favorite place. <laughs> I have been through Mississippi. It's better than Florida. (laughs) As you were, Ian. Sorry. (laughs) Uh,
2: Richard, soon after this, dropped out of Jefferson High School, and there's not really much to to talk about with them through this period. At age 22, he moved to California, and that's where he stayed permanently.
1: That's right, because they were still in Texas through all this. Yeah. That's right.
0: So what was he doing in California? Menial labor, working
2: at a hotel. I don't I don't know. I mean Great I know the people. Yeah. I mean I know he um he bounced around from a bunch of different hotels that he was staying in. What's the famous one? That he stayed in for a while. Oh that American Horror Story did a thing on. Oh yeah. The um the girl in the elevator.
1: Oh fuck. What is that? Oh ho- Lisa Land. The Lisa Land. Is that hotel yeah? Right? It's yeah, it's that same ho- The Cecil? The, the Cecil, Cecil Hotel. Yeah. Yeah, he's which stayed has there now been it's it's still around. But it's um <clears throat>
0: Where is, is that downtown, like by Skid Row? It's is by that Skid Row. Yeah. yeah,
1: hold on, I'm looking it up. You can. I actually want to go stay there, um, because it's they've they been rebranded. It. Yeah, right? it's been this Stay on Main Hotel. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, South Main Street, Los Angeles. It's like straight Skid Row downtown. But it's um, anyone who doesn't know the Cecil Hotel's got a lot of fucked up shit that surrounded or. In its history, yeah, they have a lot of suicides. Richard there Ramirez staying there, a lot of suicides are there. If you haven't seen the Elisa Lamb video, look it up. It's quite creepy. Um, we, we might talk about that at some point yeah. on this show, but um, and then American Horror Story did a season that was loosely based off the Cecil Hotel, yeah. hotel. But yeah, when we when when Necronomapod goes on tour and we go to LA, I'm staying here. You guys could stay wherever you want. I'm gonna stay here one night. I will not be staying there, I I'll stay there. It stay a bungalow. Shed tell you me, what, I will not know. take the elevator though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's got that's got some death associated with it, too, though. I will stay in Belushi's
0: bungalow. Oh boy.
2: On April tenth, nineteen eighty four, Richard murdered nine year old May Ling in a hotel basement where he was living in San Francisco. He raped and beat the girl before stabbing her to death, and he hanged her body from a pipe in the ceiling. Um, this is his first known murder, and it wasn't initially linked to Richard when he was caught. Um, It wasn't known until 2009 when DNA from the crime scene linked Richard to this crime. So, Did they end up trying him for for this in 2009? You know, I don't know. I wonder. What do you think? So he was
1: already long in prison for the rest of his life. He knew he was going to be there. Yeah. I mean, I guess what goes like, why would you not just at that point be like, oh, by the way, there's this one too? I
2: don't
1: know. I mean, I guess if he's filing appeals and stuff. Yeah, he had a lot of appeals. If he's doing appeals, that makes sense. But it's just like, at that point, once you're busted, just go ahead and tell him everything. He's trying to keep himself alive. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It was the appeals. So on June
2: 28th, 1984, that officially starts the Night Stalker crimes. 79-year-old Jenny Vinkow was found brutally murdered in her apartment in Glassell Park, California. She had been stabbed multiple times while she was sleeping, and her throat was slit so deep that she was almost decapitated. Um, they they linked this one to Richard because his fingerprints were found on a screen window he removed to get inside.
1: Hmm. I think that's going to become a trend with him, right? He's not very good at the cleanup
2: part. He doesn't seem to
0: he, attempt to cover he, his no, tracks at all. Yeah. No,
2: I think if he did, if he if he would have wore a mask or gloves or something, he could have probably gotten away with this for a lot longer and watched like his footprints and stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: A lot longer, which is crazy to say, given what we're about to talk about mm-hmm. and go
0: through. Okay. That's the case with a lot of these guys. A little more little more planning and organizing. They could have went on forever. Yeah. Because it's easy to kill a random person. I mean, when you think about it, it is. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm.
1: Well, right. Well, at least at
2: this time, it was much easier yeah, before all yeah, the technology. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Richard had a common trait in serial killers that he had during this time, which is called a cooling down period. And he didn't attack again until March seventeenth, nineteen eighty five. So it's like nine months. Yeah. yeah. So that's what a lot of these guys do. They kill mm. one. They get one kill, or you know, one or two, and then just completely get out of their system, cool almost. down for a while, yeah. and then they're like, "Oh, that was awesome! Remember what we did nine months ago? Yeah, <laughs> got to do that again." Looks like Dom or what is was. It? Dahmer, was he killed that guy and then it was years. Hey, it
0: was eighteen when he killed that first guy. It was like right, like seven
2: years before he did yeah, it again. Right. You know, so yeah, a lot of these guys didn't have that. On March seventeenth, Richard attacked twenty-two-year-old Maria Hernandez as she was pulling into her garage. Um, he shot her in the face with a twenty-two caliber handgun. She survived by holding her hands up with her car keys in her hands, and it caused the key her keys caused the bullet to ricochet. And it decreased the damage done to her when it hit her in the head. Wow,
1: it still hit her in the face. But yeah, it, just it didn't, didn't hit it it her was the
2: a kind slightly of different straight. angle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, inside the house, her roommate Dale Okazaki hid behind the kitchen counter when she heard the gunshot. And after a while, when she raised her head from behind the kitchen counter, Richard was just standing there waiting and, oh. and shot her in the face. Mm-hmm brutal that's the creepy thing about him too is he just just waits silent like his cousin taught him to be silent he'll wait places silently for a period of time and then within an hour of this crime richard pulled 30 year old veronica Yu out of her car in monterey park california and shot her twice with a 22 handgun and then just fled the scene Um, she was pronounced dead at the hospital so, with two murders and one attempted murder within an hour or so of each other. Just stepping up. Yeah, the media was just all over it. And then they started giving him his, his nicknames.
0: So, that when they started with the screen door intruder? Yeah.
1: <laughs> all because of a screen window? Yeah. It's like, fuck you guys. I don't like this name. <laughs> yeah, because in the other one, he came in through a garage. So,
2: yeah. Um, Maria Hernandez was able to give a description of Richard and she described him as having curly hair, bulging eyes, and wide-spaced, rotting teeth. Sounds like a nice, attractive fellow. Yeah, what a good-looking dude. It's pretty, I mean, it's accurate. Yeah, he's not a good-looking man. No. And that's a common thing, people that survive talk about his teeth, hmm. that he legit had, like, meth teeth. And his breath, too, I Yeah. Remember. On March 27, 1985, Richard broke into a home that he had burglarized the year previously in Whittier, California at 2 a.m., and he killed Vincent Zazara, who was age 64, um, and he was sleeping on the couch, so Richard just walked in immediately and, and shot him while he was sleeping. Vincent's wife, Maxine, she was age 44, woke up from the gunshot, and Richard beat her and tied her up while asking where all the valuables in the house were. Uh, while he was gathering stuff to steal, Maxine was able to break free and grabbed a shotgun from underneath their bed. And when Richard walked back in, she aimed it right at him and pulled it and clicked. There's was, It wasn't loaded. Ugh. Because Yikes. the previous weekend, their grandkids came over, and Vincent, being a responsible gun owner, mm. took the bullets out of it and just never. Unlike
1: our midweek story this week <laughs> yeah. with irresponsible gun ownership. Right.
2: Yeah, he, he did. was a responsible gun owner
1: and it backfired. Yeah. yeah.
2: And he forgot to reload it and this just this is where you see Richard get into like that berserker mode kind of thing with just like blind rage. Um, he shot her three times with the 22 handgun and then he went and got a knife from the kitchen and mutilated her body and on top of mutilating her body, he cut out her eyes and put them in a jewelry box and took it with him.
0: Ooh, we're stepping up the brutality here.
2: Yeah. And this is something you'll see with him when something doesn't work out his way right. with these. the, the Either the, that crime or the next crime gets even... Worse. gets brutal. Yeah.
1: Hmm. He like has like a temper tantrum because of that. Right. And it's worse.
2: Richard left an avia sneaker shoe print in their flower bed outside their house, which the police were able to photograph and take a cast of. And they were able to match the 22 bullets to the previous crimes, which... Gave them the confirmation that they had a serial killer. We're all about shitting on shoe brands on this show. Was it the Nikes with Heaven's
1: Gate? Yeah. They they were tied to, and now Avia's with him. Watch your shoe wear, folks. And it might make you a psycho.
0: Wear slippers while you're out there. That's why I wear
1: these <laughs> chucks, because you can give them any color, and they make you happy. <laughs> I mean, what are Avia? Is that like the Walmart yeah, shoes? Running shoes, I think. All right. Yeah. Aren't they? I don't know. I don't know. I'll look it up as we're going through
2: this. I was just curious. I've see. never heard of Avias. Before, I've heard so of I them. Sure. I just don't know what much about what they are. Are they like dad shoes, like the like New Balance? Like well, the first white, thing that popped up was Walmart. Huh? There I go. Yeah, nailed it. There you go. Straight, <laughs> straight
1: dad shoes. Oh yeah. yeah. Look, these are like, these are dad shoes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And then when you get the new pair, these become your grass cutting shoes, <laughs> and then you have the new fresh mm-hmm. white and blue shoes. Yeah. Though they do have a, b- a bunch of different colors now, it looks like. Oh, look at this. <coughs> now, if he had these. No, those are fancy. Yeah.
0: they are nice. I like that green. These straight. are much
1: better than those fucking ugly shoes Kanye West makes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's so mad.
1: Reserve my... Uh...
2: Any hoodles. <laughs> He's got regrouping. regroup. Him, so. <laughs> I, I was trying it. to think of something to say back
0: to it, but I can't, so. So flustered with the Kanye stuff. There's are no those one, Kanye's? No yeah. That's all I wear. I have four pairs of them. I know you do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> those are almost the same color as the ones I just showed. Yeah. Bright green. If anyone gives
2: a shit, let us know. We'll send out a picture of Ian's Kanye shoes. <laughs> So on May 14th, 85, Richard went back to Monterey Park, California and broke into the home of Bill Doy, who was aged 66 and his disabled wife Lillian, aged 56. Richard surprised Bill in his bedroom and shot him in the face this time with a 22 caliber semi-automatic pistol as Bill attempted to get his own handgun out from under his drawer. Bill was still alive after getting shot in the head, but then Richard Uh, beat him until he was unconscious. Richard then entered Lillian's bedroom and bound her with thumb cuffs, which I'm kind of confused as to what thumb cuffs actually are. Yeah, like
0: little handcuffs, right?
2: They're just like actual handcuffs that go on your thumb? I think so. I'm not sure. Doesn't seem like that would be like the greatest. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess if it's behind your back, I don't
0: know. Yeah, if they're strong enough.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it. It's metal things. It's like oh, a yeah. fucking contraption. Oh, yeah. That's different than what I was thinking. Oh. oh yeah. so that was how, death, how do you right? think
1: you come about those? Like you buy them like just right. like a pawn shop or something or like at a gun store? Whitey's
2: Army Navy
1: Surplus? Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe. I've just never heard of
2: these. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he went around and gathered valuables from the home and then he raped Lillian What's with this raping old people stuff?
0: I noticed that too. Yeah. It's it's always so like bizarre. the old lady. Well, and yeah. she's rough
2: too cuz she had like um it's like cerebral palsy or something. She was disabled. Oh she couldn't yeah, walk. I was I meant to ask when you said disabled what you meant. Yeah, she couldn't walk. She was like wheelchair bound. Mm. That's what I mean. He had no, there was no rhyme or reason to these people. Yeah. Like, he was just, and for the anybody. record, this is now the
1: second person he shot in the head who did not die from that yeah. headshot.
2: Yeah, because, yeah, Bill Doyle was, went to the hospital and, yeah. well, no, he di- he died later. He did die. Okay. Yeah. He didn't die right he away. He survived so. for a time, but yeah, he did die later. But this is weird with him because he had the cooling, this like cooling off period. It's only known that he had two people that he killed in 84. And he has a cooling off period. That's right. And usually months. these guys kind of do like a, yeah. Like one here, one there, one here. And then they go into like the, the berserker mode and they're just like on an absolute rampage. He like uh-huh. went from the cool off period to just an absolute tear because he only waits, you know, it's still made his next crime is May 29th, 85. So two weeks. Yeah. Richard drove a stolen Mercedes Benz to Monterovia, California and broke into the house of Mabel Bell, age 83 and her sister, Florence Lang, age 81.
0: more 80-year-old women.
2: Yeah. Richard found a hammer in the kitchen and attacked and bound Florence, who was an invalid, in her bedroom. And then he did the same thing to Maybelle. And then he frayed an electric cord and used it to shock her multiple times.
0: There's a crazy level of brutality developing here.
2: After he was done, he used Maybelle's red lipstick to draw a pentagram on her thigh. And he drew pentagrams on the walls as well. And the women were discovered two days later alive. But Maybell died in the hospital later from the <laughs> attack. Jeez. So I mean, How do you think he decides who gets to live? Like,
1: it's almost like he's not even focusing. He just wants to either yeah. shoot them right away or just beat them, torture them, maybe rape them, and then leave. Like It doesn't yeah. seem like he cares. Well, like Why
0: doesn't he put a couple rounds in these old ladies' heads on his way out? Like Why does he leave yeah. them?
1: That's it's just so it's weird. Pretty random. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Unless don't know. he wants them to be able to tell the story of it. He gets okay. off on like that, that that legend of him spreading, here's what he did to us. Maybe I don't know. Yeah,
2: maybe. I just it's just terrible that they both were sitting there for two days alive. Oh yeah. Well, and yeah. I say that because of what we're gonna get into later on where he
1: tells the one lady mm-hmm. what to tell the police. Right. You know, maybe he he gets off on that that legend of him. Watching him, his his might be something to that yeah. reputation. I don't know, but it's just so weird. Yeah, how he he kills some, he right away he doesn't kill others, mm-hmm. he'll brutally beat the shit out of other people, right? Apparently, goes you know, takes advantage of all the these older
0: women and men. Where are some of these first hand accounts from and you know, the crimes where he kills both of them because he didn't really he never confessed, right? So, where do we get this information, like which parts? Like the late, the one guy with the shotgun, like he killed him and then he cut his wife's eyes out. Like he didn't leave anyone alive at that scene, but there seems to be kind of detailed information about the crime and, and the unloaded shotgun and all that. And he never confessed to these. I'm just curious how we know these things about kind of what took place there.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if like that situation they found her body with the shotgun next to it that showed that it was empty. You think the police and just they might have pieced it happen. together probably. Yeah. All right.
2: And I think they did find stuff. They found stuff on him, I believe, like the jewelry box with the eyes and okay. stuff. So it's not really an eyewitness account, right. right? And then, and yeah, like that family's, their kids could have
1: said, "Oh yeah, Grandpa emptied the gun that weekend because huh, we were there." Sense. You know huh. what I mean? Yeah. They, I'm, I'm guessing they're piecing it together. Then, yeah, okay.
2: It's, yeah, and like with the the whole electrical thing, shocking this um, this Mabel woman, but she died later on the hospital so maybe she was able to give them something Yeah, yeah. like this one the the one sister lived right Yeah, yeah the next day May 30th 1985 Richard drove to Burbank California and broke into the home of Carol Kyle age 42 at gunpoint Richard bound Carol and her 11 year old son and gathered items to steal from the home he released Carol briefly to show him where more valuables were in the home and then sodomized her repeatedly he told her over and over again to not look at him, or he would cut her eyes out. And then he got her seven-year-old son out of the closet that he had put him in, and bound the two of them together with handcuffs and fled the scene. Hmm. So he let them survive. Right. She's like, I don't want
0: to look at you, ugly motherfucker. Yeah. Right. right. Get
2: your breath away from me. Right. Your teeth
1: and your, and your penis. While we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was random. <laughs> Well, she wants to get away from him. Oh, yeah, because he was sodomized. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, I had a shit on my joke.
0: <laughs> we can cut that part out. My fault.
1: No, I don't know, it works. <laughs> so then that was it, right? Finally, well, the killings are over.
2: No, no. He, he has a brief cooling off period, but but he gets back to it. We'll be right back. Today's episode
1: of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology.
2: Before the break, he had a brief cool down period um, and he didn't attack again until July 2nd, 1985. Um, at oh, what a guy. He took a month <laughs> off of not murdering yeah, right.
0: people.
1: Humanitarian
0: over here.
2: And, I mean, obviously he was still committing crimes because now he was driving a stolen Toyota instead of his Mercedes Benz that he was right, driving. Right, right. He's another one of these guys that just loved to steal shit. Well, it's a dependable car, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Those Toyota <laughs> engines will run forever. <laughs> he drove to, he, so he drove this uh, the stolen Toyota to Arcadia, California, where he broke into the home of Mary Cannon. Uh, she was seventy five years old. He found her asleep in the bed in her bedroom, and after watching her just stand there watching her sleep for a while, he beat her unconscious with a lamp and then repeatedly stabbed her with a carving knife he got from the kitchen. So that's the creepy. That is one of the creepy. I mean, I, this dude is absolutely terrifying. But the fact that he would just stand there and watch these oh, people, God, like to yeah. be that silent. Yeah,
1: you know. Imagine waking up and then you see him.
2: Yeah, Exactly. Did this lady die? I assume she did. Yeah. Huh? So and then he only waits three days, um, and then on July fifth, nineteen eighty five, he drove to Sierra Madre, California, and attacked sixteen year old Whitney Bennett with a tire iron while she was sleeping in her bedroom. Uh, and, and that's a crazy thing too. Is he was so quiet, her parents were home that he just snuck in there and cracked her over the head with this thing, that and is was wild, completely man. undetectable. Well, he probably took the July Fourth off the night before to watch fireworks, stuff, <laughs> yes. right? Doesn't work on holidays, right? <laughs> and, and on top of it, he was he was able to sneak into their kitchen, and he couldn't find a knife, so he went back to her room and attempted to strangle her with a telephone cord, and the cord started to spark, and then she started like. It, Sounded like she was breathing like really shallow, and then she started to like breathe heavier, mm-hmm. and he thought that it was Jesus Christ intervening on the situation, oh, so he boy. got scared and and took off, and she survived the attack. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> she got she survived and had to get um four hundred seventy eight stitches in her head. Oh my that's, god! Can you imagine? That's the most I've ever heard. Yeah, four hundred
1: seventy eight. That's your entire head.
2: Yeah. I mean, a tire iron be. would, you know. her Half her
1: face was probably hanging on. That's what yeah. it was, a tire iron, right? He hit yeah. her with that, because then all, all all the other thing he did was choke her with the cord. Right. Ugh. Well, and she was sleeping, too, so she couldn't even protect herself. Right. She was just yeah. prone. Yeah,
0: imagine sleeping, and you just get whacked with a tire iron. I mean, Ugh. this is off-the-chart brutality here. You probably wouldn't even know. You probably wouldn't. You know? And this asshole's
2: wrapping a fucking cord on your neck, and... But what a weird thing the it starts sparking, and he thinks it's Jesus. Yeah. A weird guy. Yeah. But even though Jesus didn't didn't scare him that much, because two days later <laughs> well, he was back at it. <laughs> yeah, <huh? laughs> July seventh, eighty five, he broke into the home of Joyce Nelson, who was sixty one, and he went back to Monterey Park, California. He he liked to go back there a lot. Hmm. She was asleep on her living room couch where Richard just beat her to death using his hands and stomping on her head. Um, oh. he left the shoe print on her face and they were able to link oh it back. God. Yeah, that's it's brutal. But the, the shoe print was the same, it linked back that to they the, found the Avia sneaker print found yeah. at the Zazara home. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my gosh, still it, it's just those Walmart shoes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, seriously. These Shoes were made for stomping. <laughs> that's just what they'll do.
2: I don't want to laugh at that, show, that song. Sorry. I, I I mean, I don't know, just how hard you would have to kick somebody to leave a shoe print yeah. that could be yeah. identified like that. You yeah, know? it's not just gonna like fade away like like right. lines on your face yeah. like when you
1: sleep wrong or something, yeah. like this
2: is stuck there.
1: One of these days, these Walmart shoes will stomp all over It would have bothered him the rest of the episode if he didn't get to finish that line. He had to, he had to get that out. What is that? It's for like from Andy from The Office. What is he singing that one time and he doesn't get to finish it right. and then it ruins yeah. his whole day? Like, yeah. isn't he in the elevator? What is
0: he singing? I don't know. I don't remember. I'm that. Really <laughs> Maybe one of our fans who's a real fan of The Office can let us know. Maybe
1: they'll is. get it yeah. better than I will. All right, moving on.
2: (laughs) The same day on July 7th, um, he failed to break into homes in two different neighborhoods. So he went back to Monterey Park, California. And I know that one of these homes that he tried to break into when he started to, he saw a guy sitting in the living room cleaning his gun out. So he... He almost broke into a house and would have got himself shot. So close. So
1: many times this guy um, was just
2: getting popped. A lot of what ifs. Right. But yeah, so he went back to Monterey Park, California and broke into the home of Sophie Dickman. She was 63. He handcuffed her at gunpoint (laughs) and he attempted to rape her, but he was unsuccessful. So I. What does that mean? Yeah. I don't know if he couldn't Hmm. couldn't get hard for some reason or
1: Hmm. I don't
2: know. That's interesting. I don't know how that works. Pre-Viagra
1: well, days. Uh, yeah. And maybe she fought him off. I don't know. Or like pushed him away and then he just moved on to, yeah. you know, give me your valuables or something.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Or if it just, I, who the fuck knows. Yeah. But he, he gathered all the valuables from the house and she swore, he was like asking her for for more stuff. And she said she swore that, that she had told him where everything was. He made her swear to Satan that it was true or he would kill her. So this is the first one where he gets that, because he's known for that, like making people swear to Satan right. shit.
0: He's giving Satanist a bad name, in my opinion.
2: I, I, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with it at all. Like, with Satanism, yeah, I don't think there's anything yeah. evil about it at all. Not modern day Satanism. No. It's about
0: self-empowerment. Yeah. This guy's a jackass. Well, if you're
2: this guy, it's not great.
0: That's why I said he's giving Satanist a bad name.
2: On July 20th, 1985, Richard was still driving that stolen Toyota and he went to a pawn shop and purchased the machete before driving to Glendale, California. (laughs) So, you know, real quick, what's interesting about that, though, is
1: this was that uh, that attempted rape was a failed mission by him. Yeah. He didn't snap after that one. He waited like another two weeks before this next thing. Yeah, that's true. Which is kind of uncommon for him. Yeah. Usually, if, if you know, like we said, if something goes wrong,
2: right, he has to do something bad quick. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, and who knows what the fuck he was up to between? He may very well have done stuff, and they just didn't. Yeah, find that's out.
0: true. I mean, is there stuff that maybe he did that no one ever there, found out? Absolutely about? It's it's possible. Probably.
1: Sure. I would
0: imagine there is yeah
2: because yeah they didn't find that one until 2009 and yeah. he wasn't going yeah, to admit how anything. many others could there have been right like who
0: knows he didn't drive to nevada that day and fucking yeah kill a couple people right and you never, never know to him, sure
2: so that day he broke into the home of layla needing she was 66 and her husband maxim was 68 instead of quietly sneaking into her bedroom while they slept he just burst into the room, just like kicked down the door, and began beating both of them with the machete, and then he shot both of them dead with a twenty two handgun, gathered the items to steal, and then went back afterwards to further mutilate their body. So Ugh. if he didn't kill anybody in between, it maybe it could have been building up for him, because this is particularly this brutal. This is a hostile. Yeah, I mean he just chopped them up. Right, he just first went in yeah. to start hitting with the machete. So these
1: are just random people. Yeah,
2: just sleeping. Yeah. So I mean, who knows? Maybe it was building up in him for for those days there, and then he just. I tell
0: you what, it's a good argument for having you know at least a shotgun in your house. Yeah, if not a handgun in every fucking room.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... And this is the the thing with him too. It's like immediately after committing these murders, he drove to Sun Valley, California, and at 4:15 a.m. he broke into the home of the Covenant family. He killed Chaina by by shooting him in the head with a 25 caliber handgun while he was sleeping, and then repeatedly beat and raped his wife, Sunkid. He bound their eight year old son before taking Sunkid around the home to show him where the valuables were he then took this whole thing to a whole different level and sodomized the 8-year-old boy.
0: Jesus.
2: And after he was done, he made Samkin swear to Satan that he that she wasn't hiding any more valuables. So that's what when I was reading this stuff, I'm like the whole thing is the whole story is ridiculously brutal, yeah. but then when I got to the sodomizing the 8-year-old yeah. boy, I'm like man, this just took a yeah. took a turn this here. This is extra
1: vile at this point. He's just an evil human being. He's
2: yeah. This is as bad as bad gets. Again, he briefly stopped for about two weeks until August sixth, nineteen eighty-five. He drove to Northridge, California, and broke into the home of Chris Peterson, age twenty-seven, and his wife Virginia. She was also age twenty-seven. He snuck into their bedroom, but woke Virginia up. To which Richard just quickly shot her in the face with a twenty, the twenty-five semi-automatic pistol. He then shot Chris in the temple and attempted to just flee the scene, but chris peterson they somehow fought back against richard after being shot in the head
0: another one yeah Yeah, this story has a very large number of people shot in the head yeah that survived. yeah it's very strange
1: maybe he wasn't a great shot and he wasn't hitting him like directly yeah is he
0: grazing people because there's a lot of headshots here that do not result in uh
1: not not only not death he was able to fight back Yeah. yeah
2: And it sounded like he fought back a, a good bit Because it took Richard a while to get him off him And then he, and he took off And they both survived being shot like that Wow, yeah, that's wild But this whole, I think he um, Immediately attempted to flee after Shooting this Chris Peterson Because he woke up his wife Like it didn't work out the way that All his other ones did you yeah. know? They, they heard him mm-hmm. So, And again it's like the last one it, he, he waited, he didn't immediately go back. He waited 2 days this time. It wasn't like it was quicker than the last time, but he still it wasn't like the other ones where it's like a day in between. Man. But on August 8th 1985, he drove to Diamond Bar, California and broke into the home of Sakina Abawath. Abawath. She was 27 and her husband Elias Abawath, age 31. Around 2.30 a.m., he entered their bedroom and instantly killed Elias with his 25 caliber pistol. Um, He beat and handcuffed Sakina and forced her to show him where all the valuables were. Then he brutally raped her, and it was said that it was like a lot more aggressive than he did to other people. Maybe it's because the last one didn't work out for him.
1: He always takes it out on the next victim.
2: Yeah um he repeatedly made her swear to satan that she wouldn't scream during the rape their 3-year-old son came into the room where richard tied him up and then continued to rape sakina and after richard uh, fled the home sakina was able to free herself and her son and go to the neighbors for help
0: so again why did he leave them
2: alive yeah it's
0: really random
2: this is uh, for being a serial killer this is the most like
1: survivors we've ever talked about right yeah, I mean, yeah, It's leaving he, he, a lot of he eyewitnesses. Doesn't, he doesn't yeah. care. Yeah. he's not wearing I a mask. I think he wants that reputation this. to grow. Yeah, nope. he wants same them,
0: shoes, no gloves, no mask.
1: He wants them to tell the story. He wants to turn on the TV and see them on the news and and them telling what happened to them. I think there's probably something to that.
2: Yeah, and then like the other ones, you it's like there was a, an 11 year old kid the one time. There's a three year old doesn't do anything to them, but then that one time he just decides to, you know to rape that eight-year-old kid for whatever reason. Like, there's no... Rhyme or reason. Yeah, to any of it. Richard, he had been following the news coverage of everything real close, and he left the Los Angeles area and drove towards San Francisco. Um, On August 18th, 1985, Richard broke into the home of Peter Pan. Wait, what? It's a a bad name. Peter Pan. The guy's name is Peter Pan. Yeah, I get it. Okay.
1: Where the (laughs) fuck was Tinkerbell to help him? (laughs)
2: It's not, not not a great name. I don't. I, why I why would you name your child Peter if your last name was Pan? Yeah.
0: Well It's a very good question.
2: It's not ideal. The story is now now we're ruining kids' hopes
1: and dreams and stories here. Fucking killing Peter Pan. Yeah,
2: so Peter Pan was age sixty six. His wife, Barbara, was age 62. Um, he shot Peter with his twenty five caliber pistol in the head while he was asleep, and then he beat and raped Barbara before shooting her in the head. Before he left the scene with her lipstick, he drew a pentagram on the wall and the words, Jack the Knife. You think that was a shot at Captain Hook? <laughs> Creepy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you left but, out the part where, they, where he burned their son, though, too. Where he did what? The, their son. He burned their son. Oh. Yeah, their son, his name was Frying. Frying Pan? <laughs> <Man. I can't. laughs> Well, it was Sorry, great about that. I like, what the fuck are you talking
1: about? Well, because I didn't see another thing, but I was more, I was perplexed because I was like, did he just stump Ian with a fact? <laughs> Ian didn't know about this. And then I was like, wait a minute. He burned a kid?
2: That's what I was like. Wait, I didn't know that he was setting people on fire.
1: That's a whole new element
0: to this guy. Jesus. I think it was a grease fire. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, what an awful last name, Pan. Which is why? Why Peter? Right. I mean, come on. So when it was discovered that the bullets and the shoe prints that Richard had been leaving matched previous crimes, Diane Feinstein, who was at the time the mayor of San Francisco, gave out the information in a televised press conference.
0: That's not great.
2: So yeah, the detectives that were working the case were furious because they knew that the Whoever was doing this would be watching the news closely to see what you know what was going on, and uh, and sure enough, that night Richard was watching it during the day, and that night he threw the Avia shoes off the Golden State Bridge.
1: Right, of course he's watching because he's yeah. an egomaniac. He right. loves this stuff.
2: And then he, and since you know it seemed like they were had a news conference in San Francisco, he went back to Los Angeles instead of staying in the area. Yeah, that makes sense. He took off. Is it the Golden State Bridge? Is that a bridge? Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, Golden. Did I put? Did I say
0: Golden State? It says Golden State. Well, I, don't, I didn't know if that was actually a bridge too. Oh, I would imagine if it's, the it's in San Francisco.
2: Gate Bridge. Well, Golden Gate Bridge. Golden Gate Bridge. We've confirmed. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean that's it. That's a huge fuck up. The Golden Gate Bridge. Thing? Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, <laughs> no. That's what I was going to say. You mean when you said Golden Gate Bridge instead of Golden State? That's a pretty big fuck up.
1: <laughs> Between that and not knowing about frying pan getting burned you having a bad night, Ian. You know how much
0: Donna took to clean up frying pan? After the investigation. I don't, I, don't got do, there? I don't do dishes. I don't know. <laughs> Don, the dawn takes it takes grease away.
1: <laughs> but Richard Ramirez never cleaned up. So he's just going to leave it as is. The fuck up I'm talking
2: about is Diane thing. <laughs> giving out this information. Yeah,
0: she's a bit of a dipshit. Still.
2: Yeah. And you know what, too, when we talk about Jonestown. She's in that story, too. She mm. seems to pop up all over the place. Mm. She's involved dumb in shit. everything.
1: It's like the Nazis are involved in every UFO and alien story. Diane
2: Feinstein's fucking up all these true crime stories. Guess so. On August 24th, 1985, Richard drove a different stolen, stolen Toyota to Mission Viejo, California. Um, that night, he broke into the home of James Romero, Jr., his 13-year-old son was awake and heard Richard break in, and his son woke up, woke up his parents, when, and then Richard fled the scene. Um, James hurried outside and was able to note the color of the Toyota, which was orange, and got a partial license plate. So and he obviously immediately called the police. And
1: yeah. it's, I'm glad he had a low-key colored uh, <laughs> yeah, car right. as well. Right. <laughs> Didn't Richard Chase, wasn't his coat orange?
2: Yeah. yeah. You know, my favorite color is coat. orange.
1: I have an orange coat. Watch yourselves, Love motherfuckers. It. It's true. Dave Dave legit has like the Richard Chase coat. Do you see that thing? Oh, that is, that is legitimately what that Richard is. Chase wore. I like it. actually think cool. that's Richard Chase's coat. It looks exactly <laughs> like so, it. Yeah. So go ahead, keep making. If, f- if
0: you want to post a picture of it, you
1: can keep making your frying pan jokes. <laughs> this guy's being serious and he talks about this shit.
0: Like that—that that is Richard Chase's coat. I got it off of eBay.
1: You <laughs> Googled R- Richard Chase coat purchase. Yeah.
2: So immediately after he failed to break into the Romero home, he broke into the home of Bill Carnes, age 30, and his fiance Inez Erickson, age 29. Richard snuck into their bedroom and woke up Bill as he cocked his 25 caliber pistol. He shot Bill three times in the head and beat Inez with his fists, forcing her to say that she loves Satan. Um, he bound her with neckties that he found in the closet and dragged her to another room where he raped her. He then stole the valuables from the home, making Ines swear to Satan that there was nothing else left. And before Richard left, he told her, tell them the Night Stalker was here. Inez untied herself, went to the neighbor's house to get help, and Bill was rushed to the hospital, and he survived the three gunshots. To <laughs> Come <the head>. on! <laughs> this is What crazy. is going on here? Yeah. He's pers- a terrible shot. Either that or people are getting some extreme luck here. And good for them. Like, it's great,
1: but that's what, now, four people who have survived the initial gunshots, the one guy, the older man, ended up dying in the hospital a couple days later. The one lady had her keys. The other guy fought back. Like, these people are... This is three shots. Yeah. Three shots in the head. This guy survives. Mm. Like, I
2: wonder... I I was wondering, too, when I was going over this, like, is he... uh, like, did he survive okay, or was there, you well, know that's what I the mean? that's the quality of life Actually, coming out of this. I watched right. a video
0: of this guy this week, and he, I believe he's in a home. Oh, really? Like an assisted living home, and it said, like, it robbed my girlfriend from me, so I don't know if something happened to her later. Um, yeah, he was, like, in an assisted living home.
2: So he was not well coming out of this? No, I don't think so. That's, I guess. But it was uh, an old, I mean, it was yeah, 30 years ago, that video. Inez was able to give a detailed description of Richard to the police, and they cast another one of his shoe prints. Um, On August 28, 1985, the police also found the stolen orange Toyota and were able to get a fingerprint of Richard's from it. The fingerprint was positively identified as Richard's through his previous traffic and drug violations. And the police decided to release a mugshot of Richard from his December 12th, 1984 arrest for car theft. And at the press conference, the police said, we know who you are now and soon everyone else will. There there will be no place to hide. Hmm. That's pretty fucking bad. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so Can you my... imagine
1: Liam Neeson saying that
2: <laughs> like he doesn't take in.
1: <laughs> we know who you are now and soon everyone else will. There will be no place to hide. We will find you. <laughs> and we will sodomize you.
0: <laughs> so my question here is that we talked about earlier in the story that they found a print for him on the very first murder. So right. why didn't they connect that print to this earlier conviction? Because
2: he threw the, oh, the fingerprint. Yes. Yeah. Maybe it was the description, the more of a detailed description that they got previously. Hmm. I don't know how that... Did you think you were
1: muted? Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> that and that was from the window, right? From the that window, window. Yeah. It said they took a They so, yeah, they why found couldn't the they couldn't connect it then? Why were they
0: able to catch this print and match it, but not that earlier print on the first? From the unless first there crime was scene. more
1: evidence they had
2: that helped them lead to it. Well, I think after this, other than just the fingerprint, I think at this time too, I don't think it was completely out of the woods with police departments not working together. To, you know what I mean? I, I don't think... Like there they, wasn't a national yeah, database with... That's true, because the first okay. one was
1: just a single
2: one incident. Right. Now it's it's starting to become a bigger thing and more that widespread. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. you know, the 70s, like, Bundy and all, they, all those guys got away with stuff because right. the police didn't talk to each right. other like they do now. So maybe even
0: during this time frame, like, the nationwide fingerprint database was put together...
1: I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah. Well, by 1985, the police departments were woke. They knew how to work together.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't I, believe the LAPD was woke in 1985. No for the record. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting close, man.
1: They're almost on them.
2: On August 30th, 1985, Richard took a bus to Tucson, Arizona to visit his brother. He did, for as much as he paid attention to the news and everything, he didn't know that his mugshot was was out for, for the public to see. And after failing to meet up with his brother, Richard returned to Los Angeles it was on August 31st. He was able to walk past officers at the bus terminal, and they were they had uh, officers staked out there because they thought that the killer would be, that he would be trying to leave Yeah, sure. The like area. they were. Yeah, and he slipped past them. Um, Richard stopped at a convenience store where a group of elderly women recognized him and announced it out loud that he's the Night Stalker.
0: It's him, it's him, it's the the Night Stalker. (laughs) Love
2: their fucking gossip. (laughs) Yeah. sitting there playing Keno, too. (laughs) Keno. Richard turned around and saw his face on all the newspapers and he took off. After running across the Santa Ana freeway, he attempted to carjack a woman, but was chased away by bystanders who chased after him. Um, He attempted to carjack two more vehicles, and Richard was stopped by the group who had been chasing him, and they just beat the living fuck out of him. So
1: did these people know who he was, or they just knew him from seeing him try to carjack someone?
2: Everybody knew who he was. They recognized him. Yeah. Yeah and they, someone had a metal bar and started beating him with it. Good. Yeah. If the cops wouldn't have showed up to arrest him, I think somebody probably would have killed him. Correct, the skull. Left their
1: own shoe print in his face. Yeah,
2: Yeah. they beat the shit out of him. So, yeah, So they they had finally arrested him.
0: So the Night Stalker is uh, at the end of the road here? Yeah. I think we left out one of his uh, crimes. Which one's that? On... on Well, on Christmas Eve of that year, he broke into the Nakatomi Plaza building and took all those people hostage. He was trying to steal all those bearer bonds, and then, put that 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 lady, the hostage lady's cop, was in the building.
1: Did I not see this movie, also, Dave?
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. That was Die Hard. That was not <laughs> I did Richard not Ramirez's crime. Movie. Never mind.
1: I can confirm. I have not seen that movie. I'm going to do this
0: every week for a different movie you've never seen.
1: It'll be pretty easy. I've seen four movies. Three of them feature Tom Hanks. Just don't talk about anybody being stranded on an island. It won't be all right.
2: Christmas <laughs> Oh,
1: man. So that was his last one then, really. That was the one Ian missed. What year did Die Hard come out?
0: It was actually 88, so yeah, that was, uh, that's not fitting with the time frame here. Sorry, we can move on now.
2: Well, we can. I don't know if Ian can yet. Um, at his first court hearing, Richard arrived with a pentagram drawn on his hand and yelled, Hail Satan!
0: I remember all this when it was in the news. I don't believe you guys were born yet. But I don't. I was
2: two. I was in high school.
0: I remember this.
1: I was
2: you know. two. Well, you you were born when I was born. Yeah, eighty seven. I was born. Oh yeah.
1: We were. He was still in diapers, but <laughs> I might have still been. Who knows? I was in diapers. When I was seven.
2: I remember that news footage of him walking in with the pentagram. And then on uh, and on August third, nineteen eighty eight, the Los Angeles Times reported that a prison guard had overheard Richard saying that he planned to kill the prosecutor with a handgun that he was going to have smuggled into the courtroom. Um, so they put metal detectors in, and they you know thoroughly searched everyone. I, I was wondering, is that like a, one of the first times they put a metal detector in a courtroom? Yeah, or wonder. something That seems they, awfully recent for that to be the first time. I don't know. It just sounded like the way it was like pointed when I was reading about this, like how it was pointed out hmm. specifically. Like it sounded like maybe it, it was, was a, a yeah. rare thing at least. Yeah, like it
0: wasn't the standard operating procedure. Right. They even mentioned it. So, yeah.
2: On August 14th, 1988, the trial was delayed because juror Phyllis Singletary didn't show up. Um, it was found that she had been shot to death in her apartment. And so the jury was freaked out and thought that Richard somehow had had ordered this woman to be killed from while he was in jail. That's some real mobster shit. Yeah. That must have been
0: scary. I mean, that's, yeah, well, hell yeah. You know, you're like, get me off this fucking jury.
2: Right. Uh, but it was found out, though, pretty quick after that she was killed by her boyfriend, who then he later killed himself with the same gun. So, so happy ending. It wasn't yeah. him. <laughs> they figured that out. <laughs> happy <pretty>. ending. <laughs> And then on uh, September 20th, 1989, Richard was convicted of all charges. It was uh, 13 counts of murder, five attempted murders, 11 sexual assaults, and 14 burg- burglaries. Again, if if, if
0: he would have put a little care and planning, he could have went on
2: forever. Yeah. Like a lot of these guys we yeah. talk about. If yeah. he would have just worn a mask and gloves. He'd mask, he'd... gloves, huh? yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe switched up his shoes. shoes and wear yeah. a Walmart
1: brand. Absolutely. Guaranteed they
0: were Velcro too.
1: <laughs> Guaranteed.
2: Probably, I would, yeah.
0: <laughs> does Kanye make Velcro shoes?
2: Dave, he's better than that. He, do, he does have Velcro shoes. Oh my I God. It, yeah. Look, but, there's some, I'm not going to stand by every pair of shoes, but on November 7th, 1989, he was sentenced to death to be executed in the gas chamber. And when he was leaving the sentence, Richard said, Big deal. Death always went with the territory. See you in Disneyland. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a fucking dick, jackass! What a piece of shit! The trial ended up costing uh, 1.8 million dollars, making it the most expensive trial in California history until the O.J. Simpson trial, hmm. which really was only about five years later, right?
1: Like 94, 95, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Not too much longer. What was it? 90, was it later? 96? No, uh, O.J. murders were 94. Was, I think. So it was right. about eight years later. So. Yeah. These feel like two different times to me, yeah. but they really weren't. It was, right. it was whatever, I guess. Cause I was so young. I don't remember this, but I remember
2: OJ. By the time the trial had started, Richard had a ton of fans that would write him letters and visit him in jail. Yeah. All these girls loved him. Yeah. Even they, one of the jurors loved them. It's fucking weird. So they
1: were like attracted to him. Like yeah, what was yeah, the love yeah. of him?
2: You know, Was it his bad breath? Was it his rotting teeth? <laughs> There's a, we were talking about it before we were recording. There's a, there's like a, a medical term or something for being attracted to some people like this because. Attracted to pieces of shit. Well, like a dangerous person, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like Ted Bundy had a bunch of them. Charles Manson did. It's kind of like a fake danger though, because you know, they're locked up in prison. Yeah. Then. Like they can't actually do That's anything right. to you. Yeah. But yeah, and then in 85, Doreen Loy, she wrote him an estimated 75 letters while he was in jail. And then in 1988, Richard had proposed to her. And then on October 3rd, 1996, they got married. No conjugal visits, <sighs> though, right I don't even understand why they would let him get fucking married, to be honest with you. He'd probably just sodomize her and shoot her in the head and she'd live. Because <laughs> he's such a bad shot. Apparently, he's, I don't know. I'm glad they lived, but... She got media attention and shit, obviously, for for doing this. And she would always say that she um, would commit suicide whenever he died, but then they got divorced, so... Yeah. Whatever. The novelty wore off for her, and she right. moved on, and that was it. On August 7th, 2006, Richard's first round of appeals were unsuccessful when the California Supreme Court upheld his convictions and his death sentence... On September seventh, two thousand six, the court denied his request for a rehearing, and he had appeals lined up that would have lasted him until he was about seventy-seven years old hmm. in the system. And A couple years after that, they matched his DNA to that um, that nine-year-old girl. Yeah, his yeah. first murder. Yeah.
0: Did they ever try him for that? Or not that I saw. I guess he's already on death row. Yeah. What's the, probably. What's the point? He
2: already fucking cost the state eight, you yeah. know, almost two million dollars. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Richard, he died from cancer that had spread through his body at the Marin General Hospital in Greenbrae, California on June 7th, 2013. And he was 53 years Mm. old. Good riddance, motherfucker. Yeah. Grade A piece of shit. This wasn't a fun
1: conversation tonight. I mean, he's... I don't think... It's it's awful. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy... This is like literally Mm -hmm. a paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of him fucking murdering, raping, torturing people.
2: Yeah. I mean, serial killer, I I mean, obviously I find them interesting. But we it's all interesting know, We all know aliens are what I love and right. stuff like that. But, I mean, it's interesting. But, yeah, I mean. I'm surprised you couldn't
1: work aliens into this conversation today. <laughs> Somehow, some way. Yeah, and we
0: worked Nakatomi Plaza into the <laughs>
1: conversation. <laughs> well, no one knows what that is because no one wants yeah, shitty literally movies. Literally everyone no knows what, what that no is. No one wants Literally Shady everyone movies. besides you knows Fuck what that Bruce is. Willis. Fuck him. Piece of shit
0: he's
2: awful wrong with Bruce Willis
1: he's terrible at everything <laughs> but, oh
2: man, yeah. nobody likes him yeah but I, I think of all of them he's the scariest Bruce I
1: Willis? I agree
2: I agree his movies are awful Get the fuck out of here
1: <laughs> he uh, Richard Ramirez is, this, this is he's a terrifying yeah the,
0: people that kill randomly like that it, it absolutely is terrifying they, what, you wake up in your bed and they're hitting you with a fucking tire iron right Not even waking up, he's gonna hit you when you're. uh, So you have a good security system and a handgun in your drawer, I guess. Hide your kids, hide your wife.
1: (laughs) They're raping everybody out
2: here. Well, I guess we'll find out if these uh, these shock mounts work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Max just smashed this whole table. table, (laughs) So after doing some research for the
0: show, I found that somebody sent Richard when he was in prison. They sent him a. I guess it was like a pen pal questionnaire and Richard took the time to fill it out and send it back. So we we have this questionnaire that he completed and a list of uh, questions and answers. I think we're going to do an interpretive reading here where Mike's going to ask me the questions I'm going to answer as Richard did. (laughs) Okay, Richard. So we have a few
1: questions for you today. What is your most treasured honor? Uh, My dick. (laughs) (laughs) The perfect woman or man. Me.
0: Your hobbies. Slicing and dicing and spicing up rump roast. What an asshole. <laughs> F- your favorite meals. Women's feet. Ideal evening. Full moon. Sex and drugs all night. <laughs> if you were president, you would rule with an iron heart and a rock hard dick.
2: <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs>
0: If I were an animal, I'd be... A Tyrannosaurus.
1: Favorite number? 666. Of course. Thoughts on drugs? Great. They should be legalized. Describe your first sexual encounter. Prostitute. I was 12 years old. (laughs) What are you thinking now? Can I suck your toes? (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) What an egotistical
0: maniac! Man, what a freak! The one other who apparently I, had a foot fetish, which
1: we didn't see in his crimes, but he mentioned women's feet and toes likes and the all. The feet,
0: yeah. The one other interesting thing I read is that his niece, I believe, who had never met him, went to visit him in prison just to see. You know, I guess it was her her father's brother, and just to see how he was. And he ended up jerking off in front of her in the in the visitor room. <laughs> oh so. my gosh! Yeah. That was the last time she went, so he's a, he's a peach, this guy.
1: Well, what an uplifting story we told yeah. tonight. I hope everyone feels great listening to this. A little better about our society and the world. It's pretty vile, guys.
2: I think next week we'll get into something that's near and dear to my heart. And we'll Let's, not, little little, little, Let's not give anything away. Let's not give anything away.
1: But if you know Ian, then you know what he's hinting at probably in some way, shape, or form. Ian, you got anything else on uh, old little Richie?
2: Nope. No, I'm good on this dude.
0: No. Dave, what
1: do you got on Dick Ramirez?
0: I, I, that's all I got. This is a uh, this was not a great story. No. This is very this is pretty vile. I have no further comments. No further comments.
1: Thank you to everyone who continues to uh, rate and review us on iTunes. We appreciate it. Numbers are still looking fantastic. We are amazed by the amount of people that like to listen to us, uh, drink beer, and talk about. Uh, all this stuff it's it's awesome so we are on twitter instagram and facebook at necronomapod please hit us up give us a follow subscribe um let us know your thoughts let us know if you have any uh stories for our midweek episode that we just started um we're releasing we're going to try to release an episode uh maybe once a week or so where we just follow up on some wacky news or some weird or controversial news stories if there's anything you see that you want might want us to discuss? Um, send it to us because that would be the place we'd probably cover it so uh, thanks to everyone for uh, for listening and uh, we will check in next week
2: you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers yep